You're like, how are you doing this? (laughs) How was your week this week? Welcome to We Should Know Better, uh, the podcast where um, we ignore major sports events and instead read dumb things on Wikipedia that are probably, I don't know, who's, who's, yeah, whose accuracy (laughs) is probably about as accurate as some of the players in that sports event uh, at at scoring. Oh, those sports players are inaccurate at scoring. There we go. There I'm just go. gonna do that. that nice. That's gonna make us sound that that makes us sound like we know what we're talking about, right? Yep. Uh, yeah. Each week we find our way from one end of Wikipedia to another, and uh, well, first I should introduce everyone here. Uh, I'm Kyle, and with me tonight are Sky, and, and I'm Tim. <laughs> that's our roster for tonight, and um, I, I I hope you don't get us confused. I I think we all sound pretty pretty distinct anyway I, I although i am still wearing a number on my back just because i'm i mean it's because you're I, special I, yeah well you know as you do yeah um although i will say uh as much as i i i, I will take this moment i guess uh, uh as much as i do not understand sports and or do not watch them uh-huh uh i am still i i still pay attention to them enough to be able to talk to people Right. Because I, it makes me feel like a psychopath. I have to be honest. It really does. <laughs> yeah. Because I have to look at things and be like, all right, well, I don't care at all about this, but this is a name that I need to remember. Here in Ohio, uh, you know, the Browns are basically a legend into it uh, unto itself. And you, you know, you can't ever say a bad thing about them, of course, except to say like, well, I'm probably like you guys with the, with the Bills, um, except to say something like, well, you know, maybe we'll do better next year. That's, you know, that's what we're always yeah. doing here. That's that's and the safest bet, yeah. You get that, yeah. like, inde- injection of optimism, like, in, in the early games. Yeah. Because for some reason, they always do pretty okay in the early games. And then and they fall because off. And it'll be yeah. next year that, uh, you know, rework some things and everything will be great. Yeah. <clears throat> maybe they won't have as many concussions. Yeah. Um, <laughs> This this past year, I was out on a conference trip uh, in Chicago, and people in Chicago take sports about as seriously as people in Cleveland. It's just a thing. And um, <clears throat> I ended up in a taxi cab with a guy who, you know, I always try to talk to the drivers just because, I don't know, I... Because I they're human beings? Pre- Yes, they're humans, and, I, and I'm practicing being a person, <laughs> you know, out trying to get myself... World. Yeah, we'll try I, I to get myself. You're just making yourself sound more and more like a psychopath. I'm realizing this as I'm saying it too. <laughs> yep. No, but I, I being a person. I, I have to get acclimated to being around a bunch of people again, and so the you know the taxi cab driver is always like a really good warm up for wherever I'm going. Um, and I mean, and there are some taxi cab drivers who are better than others. I uh, I have definitely been around some who know where to score some stuff, and. Yeah, yeah, and, and offered, and I was like, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm on my way to a work thing. Thanks, though. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. As you do. Uh-huh. And um, I did actually get talking with this one guy in Chicago a couple months ago. Yeah. Who um, 
is just very, very passionate about football as, uh, as one would be out there and basketball. And in Cleveland, those are the two sports. I mean, you know, that's basically what we, I mean, the Indian sure, but not, not since the nineties really. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, basically if you can talk about those two things, you're good. And this guy got talking about it and we got chatting and I remembered, I, I, it was a lot of work. But uh. I remembered enough things from overhearing conversations from other people at work and and on the radio and things like that, that I actually managed to like we, we were friends by the end, by by the time I actually got to where I was going. Wow. In, enough that he gave me uh, a, like a like a ten dollar break on my fare. Holy crap. Because we were able to talk sports the whole way. That's impressive. And, yeah, when he was dropping me off with my with my bags and stuff, he's like, "Man, it it I never get to talk to anyone who's an actual sports fan from out of town." <laughs> it was really great to get a chance to just talk to someone. That's for a ridiculous. While. You think everybody would be doing that? Yeah, apparently, apparently he thinks that everyone was just being like really surfacey or, or rather, right. like they didn't know what they were talking about. Huh? But apparently, but you, yeah, you're the real you're the real it. deal. I was enough of a psychopath. <laughs> to to get a ten dollar uh discount on my fare nice so there you go sports yeah that got me that It'll actually save saved money. me money yeah. it's the only no <laughs> no it won't it's the only time in my life that that's actually ever worked for me anyway 15 percent or more on your cab fare by switching to sports talk <laughs> <laughs> and or get beat up by people in other cities oh boy uh, yeah, I mean it's a there it's a potential risk regardless. So anyway, uh while we ignore sports things tonight, uh we're going to play a, a silly game where we uh find our way from one end of Wikipedia to another, basically starting at one or if you haven't heard any of our podcasts before, uh we'll start basically at one page and going just through using the links on in the article itself, we find our way to another page uh <clears throat> across the internet, hopefully only a couple clicks away. Hopefully. And um, whoever does it in the, in the fewest number of clicks wins. So yeah, they get a prize. Yay. What's our prize tonight, Kyle? Uh, the satisfaction of a job well done. You always say that. What's the cash value of that? <laughs> Less. What is it? One hundredth of one per, one cent? Is that it's what probably I mean? it's probably like negative ten because like we oh, have, right. we could have been doing something well, else that was you worth. know I, I mean honestly for me at least for me the cash value or cash value of a, a job well done is at least eight so huh. i don't know eight <laughs> one know. hundredths of a cent no no no, just eight just eight <laughs> anyway uh these guys uh these nerds both have their own ways of deciding who goes first but i have a much more fun way of doing it i think uh oh but, cool Ooh, i have a book <laughs> I do have a book, but first I'll give you your page that we're starting on. Uh, we are starting tonight uh, on number sign. Number sign. Number sign. Wikipedia slash number sign. You can also known as the, the pound sign. The Octothorpe. Yeah you, can, yeah, you can also get there by searching Octothorpe in case number sign does not come up right. Yes. Um, and we are going from number sign. Uh, to pocket knife tonight. Wow, pocket knife. Pocket knife. Okay. So um, it's a knife that fits in your pocket. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll have we'll, we'll we're gonna go from number sign to pocket knife tonight, 
and uh, kind of just see how it goes. While you guys are looking at your first links or trying to decide where you guys are going to go, um, we are going to play a quick game in which you guys try to describe a game uh, from this amazing book called The Family Game Book, which is from uh, 1959, was it? Let me find the... 67, 1967. Um, that is a game or a book that I picked up from a thrift store in which they list several quote unquote fun family games uh, that are educational and, and a good time for children. Uh, and this is one of those books that actually has like arts and crafts and things like that, but they always they also have it broken down into things that are appropriate for several age groups as well as games that are only appropriate for dad and sons. It's very weird. I don't, I don't understand it, but I will take a picture <laughs> of it so you guys can see it later. <laughs> Sounds good. We'll post that um, on the Facebook group. Yes. So tonight, I, uh, there's, I, there's a really good reason why I picked this one tonight, because it is, it is accompanied by a great, a great illustration. This is the first entry for the thinking games category. Oh, wow. You got a new category. Yeah, yeah. Under educational games for boys and girls, six to ten. All right. But that that chapter. But this is the first entry in thinking games, and the name of this game is Figure Feature. I'm going to say that again. The name of this game is Figure Feature. Figure so I need feature. you guys to decide what the what that game, how that game is played. Because remember, this is a thinking game for for boys and girls, not just boys. Because you a know, thinking game. You couldn't uh, pick the. You couldn't pick two more vague words than. I know. Figure I feature. Actually, uh, next next time I host, I've already got the next one picked out because it's also great. It was really a toss up between these two. Uh, but this one was just more vague, and I thought that would be funnier. So there. <laughs> this is so lame. The yeah, figure okay. feature is where players take turns uh, drawing one line of a figure, and then the next one draws another line of the figure until they have a figure. And the fi <laughs> like, and I'm not talking about like like people or anything. I'm talking about figures as in numbers. So you oh, draw. Okay. You draw one line of the four, and then the next person draws a line of the five. Now it's a five. Oh, man. Oh, and then you, you draw another line, and now it's six. Oh, my gosh. We are really thinking now. <laughs> wow. It's awful. I'm so That's, sad. <laughs> you're Again, you okay. improved on the game, Sky, but go on. No. Tim? Okay, I, I think I have it. Okay. The figure feature is where Daddy... Gives you the um, instruction manual for putting together the uh, IKEA desk mm. that he bought. Okay, because he doesn't need it, <laughs> so you can go off and just have fun with that, um, ignoring the eventual cursing that happens like twenty minutes later when he rushes back in uh, asking for it, and you have cut it up into little pieces for um, your feature. Your yeah, your feature, <laughs> your what? feature film. <laughs> it's a game where daddy should have thought oh wow now you're teaching dad a lesson mm -hmm. wow well uh regardless you both improved on the actual game 
Oh my. Okay, so figure feature is only a couple lines long, but these lines are important. Adding and subtracting and other assorted number difficulties can be made attractive. Uh, made an attractive <laughs> means to an end with such devices as figure feature. Yeah, I'm already excited. In order to fill the figure, the uh -huh. child must fir first write in the answers. For instance, the first answer is 18, and that is the number of the dot, which is the starting point. From there, the child goes to the dots numbered 14, 17, 12, etc. So uh, you can't see this, but um, there is a connect the dots image. Uh-huh. Of a cat. And the the image is accompanied by a short math worksheet. Oh. Wow, this is just getting fun, more fun all, all the time. Yeah, and so in order to tell which which dot is first, you have to solve answer or solve the first equation. Uh-huh. Then to get which number is dot number two, you have to solve equation number two. So the first one for the first dot is nine multiplied by two, which is 18. And that tells you that you start at number 18. And then the next one is 12 plus two equals four or equals 14. And that tells you that dot number two is number 14. So, and by doing so, you create a, a whimsical drawing. Uh, <laughs> so, so, so you know what? What's even better than that deep, deep feeling of satisfaction you get by completing a connect the dots picture? Yes. Having to work for it. Yes. Yep. Oh, look, it looks kind of like a cat. Oh, my gosh. Oh, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. Maybe you should uh, complete those equations first. Oh, no. That's because still... it might not be what your eyes believe it is. It still only kind of looks like a cat. That's connect the dots. It's still gross. Well, the thing that's terrible about it's still it is... A cat is that the, the dots are already numbered in consecutive order. So any child looking at this would be like, oh, connect the dots. And then they connect one, two, three, four, five. Right. And it doesn't, it makes a pentagram. You know, right, like, yeah, it's some, not... <laughs> some Cthulian monstrosity. So they just summon something from the dark <laughs> void. So, so that's the true purpose of figure feature. Yes, to accidentally teach your child the dark arts. It's a figure creature feature. Oh, man. So, uh, Sky, you were the closest. You actually improved the game. Uh, so you get to lead us off tonight. Yay. Um, that is horrible. I will take a picture of the, uh, of the yes. cat thing. Oh, uh, specifically because this cat is sitting over an ice cream cone. What? And this figure, this, this, this little figure actually is labeled, What Happened to the Ice Cream Cone? And it has this ice cream cone that's fallen on the floor and a mass of dots around it. Oh, man. And what could have now, happened? And a really – and you don't know what happened until you figure out the, the problem, all the problems, and then solve the connect the dots thing. And then you get a dopey-looking cat. Wait. So, so they're blaming the cat. Well, sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you wait, can't – Always blame the cat. What if someone dropped the ice cream cone and the cat's just there? You it's can't not blame like the cat for the fate of the ice cream cone. This is not going to hold up in court. Anything that's gone wrong and a cat's there, it's always the cat. In the history <laughs> well, of the okay, universe. Okay, that, that is true. That is law. That's fair. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, okay. uh, yeah, so you just get this dopey cat who is just like, yeah, uh, yeah, I don't really like ice cream, guys. Uh, you blame me? <laughs> you would do it too. Yeah. Except you wouldn't know that it's a cat because you made a little <laughs> cloud of lines 
that look weird because you counted because you didn't do all your math correctly. Oh, uh, so all right. Let's speaking of numbers. Yeah. Let's talk about the number sign. We are at the number sign, <laughs> which has a lot of one of the most exciting page on Wikipedia. I actually, it actually does have a weird history. Totally does. That's why I started here. One of the Green Brothers did a video on this. What? Remember? Yeah, he's talking about not. how it was called the Octothorpe. Yeah. Now it was, it was. Correct me if I'm wrong. Have you read this page? Yes. All right. So it it originated with the telephone, right? Pretty uh, much. Yeah, mostly. Uh, it had been around sort of. Uh, see, here's here's where it gets a little bit fuzzy because. People think that it may have started way, way back in the uh, w- with the Romans, because the, the the sign that they would use for a pound mm-hmm. actually comes from the the libre mark l uh, l i b r e I guess. Yeah. Uh, but that l b in order to draw that the number, you would write the l b, but then you would do a cross across the top uh, uh, the the staffs. Oh, the, right, so, right, right. Mm-hmm. So, um, connecting it to numbers happened as early as, uh, you know, you know, like way, way back then. But then, you know, it, it sort of fell out of use, I guess, in terms, in that use at least. Uh, but it, it enjoyed a resurgence, a uh, strong resurgence, uh, in the digital age. Yeah, uh, they just... I'm sorry. It's not Libra. It's Libra. Sorry. Oh, okay. Uh, they just used, I mean, they were using it. Because they like on telephones, just because they needed two buttons that mm-hmm. they needed things not to be numbers or uh, letters. <laughs> do you guys know what the other one was? Or the, rather, actually, the, the, the octothorpe and the asterisk are the ones that survived. Uh, do you know what the original ones were from Bell Labs? What they originally wanted to have on on Touchstone <sighs> phone pads? A puppy? No, I, I don't. Wish. Was it like a dot and a dash? No, for that, that was code? one of the that was one of the ones that was suggested that that almost made it too. No, I don't. I don't know. Uh, originally, they wanted a star, like an actual star shape, like a pentagram. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> to some of the to Pythagoras the, is everywhere. It's all a conspiracy. Yep. To call the Dark Lord. It's all a Pythagorean uh, conspiracy. And uh, the other is a diamond, which oh, uh, sometimes huh. you will actually still see on phones currently. Uh, the the shape that they want to that they used for it is also called a lozenge, but it is in fact a diamond. Weird. A lozenge? A lozenge. Like a throat lozenge? I it's pronounced the same way. Yeah, oh, <laughs> it's spelled okay. the same way. I don't remember exactly why the shapes that did end up getting used. Oh, oh, because they're already on computer keyboards. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So, that's the other thing. Mm-hmm. So, the ones that we ended up using, uh, they they didn't want to have to remanufacture computer keyboards to fit right. these things, and we already had a pound sign and a uh, and an asterisk. Mm-hmm. So the star became the asterisk, and the uh, and the diamond became the octothorpe. Cool. Yep. It's pretty sweet. It's pretty. Cool. I like. I'd like to note other names that have been given for this symbol, according to Wikipedia. Yeah. Can we do the, all of them? Because they're the, amazing. Yes, we can. Um, the crosshatch, yes. the fence or garden fence, uh, mesh, flash, grid, pig pen, like the Peanuts character. Sure. Uh, Tic-tac-toe, <laughs> scratch or scratch mark, um, garden gate, Ooh. 
So there's garden fence and garden gate. They need yeah. both of those. Those got to be really the British. Know. I was going to say, yeah. I really think these are the British ones. Yeah, and and then these are my English. favorites. The hack, H-A-K. Yep. The oof, O-O-F. Yep. The rake, the crunch, the punch mark, the sink, the corridor, the capital three, and the waffle. Uh, the capital three oh, because waffle. you hold shift and three for it. But still, right. the capital three is pretty great, too. Capital three. Uh, I love all of those. They're all pretty amazing. Yeah, and so the the English did call it a hash mark before, it, you know, that's oh, where sure. hashtag comes from. Well, it had been used that, but we hadn't. We did not call it a hashtag until very recently. Right. Um, because it, yeah, it became which, a tag. <laughs> yeah, after um, after a guy named Chris Messina decided to, uh, which did you guys know that it was not actually a thing that the people at Twitter decided they wanted to do originally? Like it was not built into Twitter to have the hashtag. No. Yeah. It was something that came along. Uh, someone was just trying to figure out how to gather up a bunch up up a bunch of tweets all relating to the same gathering essentially that was going on. And he suggested it. And, uh, the people at Twitter thought, Oh, this is never going to stick around. And then it did. Uh, this guy, uh, Chris Messina, has sort of uh, – he says some weir- pretty weird things if you ever check, check out his Twitter feed and or you know, just follow anything that says his name online. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he has very interesting thoughts about how we're going to communicate in the future. But anyway. Interesting. Uh, All yeah. Right. Well, I have to get two pocket knife from here. Yep. Let's head there. Let's do it now. Uh, there are, I am not seeing anything on this page that will get me anywhere near a pocket knife. That's the point. But, mm, the symbol may be confused with a musical symbol called sharp. I really, I'm so glad you did that. Pocket knives. Pocket knives are sharp. That was my joke. That was the way, the reason I did that. I'm clicking on sharp. I'm so proud of you, Sky. I'm so scared. (laughs) It takes me to sharp underscore music yes uh tim (laughs) um yeah that sort of closes that door Um, (laughs) slams it shut yeah so i'm gonna go under other uses uh, you might say yes for the game scrabble uh putting a uh, number sign after a word indicates that the word is found in the british word list but not in the north american list i'm gonna go with scrabble wait seriously wow i didn't read this far wow Going Scrabble, huh? All right. I'm going Scrabble because Scrabble is made of tiles, Ooh. and somebody's got to cut those tiles. Perhaps the letters were used to be carved in with some with... form of knife, <laughs> I'm, I'll or go a jigsaw, that. or something. I'm 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 grasping at straws here. But sure, that's what we're doing. I I I'm with you on this, Tim. I I'm I'm interested to see where we go here. As long as we do not go back to uh, the extruding page. As long as it never happens again. Oh, one day it will. No, never again. Oh, yes. Okay. Uh, all right, <laughs> Sky. Let's talk about music. So here's how you here's how you differentiate the sharp sign from the number sign, or the pound sign, or the oh, hash right. sign, or the garden gate sign. Uh, both <laughs> have the two sets of parallel double lines, or the but a correctly drawn sharp sign must must have slant two slanted parallel lines which rise from left to right to avoid being obscured by the staff lines wow that's why realized. it's like that yeah what? it's always off kilter and i i never thought about why but it's because 
if you you know you might you might mix it in with the staff and it, it and then it just looks like you have a couple weird yeah, lines you on like your staff yeah in which case you should see a doctor exactly <laughs> i played music when i was younger i've never seen a double sharp before me neither <laughs> I is don't that, know. Does that look weird to you too? Go I don't. Ahead. Double sharps also exist. These are denoted by the symbol blah, blah, and raise a note by two semitones or one whole tone. Why would you do that? Wait, hold on a second. Where? Where's the name? Of that? that has to have an actual name. What do you mean? It's just. <laughs> oh my gosh! This it is looks amazing. like an X with fat legs. <laughs> it looks like a clover. It looks like fat a fat legged X. Yep. yep. There's also a half sharp, which uses quarter tones. And it can be marked by just, it's like the sharp sign, but only one horizontal line through that it. That just seems. That, that seems. Oh ridiculous. my gosh, there is a triple sharp. Although very uncommon. A triple sharp, which is the sharp sign plus the weird double sharp sign. Uh, can sometimes be found. It raises a note by three semitones. Why would you ever want to do that? Why, Why don't, don't you, you explain just put the this? Next Wikipedia? note. Yeah, just use the next note. Uh. Maybe the composer just hates that note. <laughs> I like, I'm not... never putting you. I'm never putting you in that space. Note. You've written yeah. this amazing symphony, and on one page, <laughs> one page, you're like, oh damn, this is supposed to be a B. Uh, well, yeah. now it's a double. Now it's a double sharp uh, A. Yeah. So everything's fine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I am at a complete loss. There's nothing in here. There's acoustic. <laughs> There's a number, uh, which would take me back to the hash or the hash sign. Yeah. Uh, natural? Uh, natural. Pocket lives aren't uh, Accidental. Uh, I do really like that. I'm going to go with accidental. It's accidental music. Wow. But I'm going with it because you can wow. have accidents with pocket knives. Wow, this is amazing. Oh, boy. Um, I'm stuck in music forever, I think. <laughs> uh, forever a tone. Um, oh. and, <laughs> uh, all right, Tim, are you ready to go? Yep, so okay. I am at the board game Scrabble. This is my arch nemesis. And the I best thing Scrabble. that you can possibly know about the board game Scrabble is that it's terrible. Is that it was created by a man named Alfred Butts. What? Yep. Wait, what? In, in 1938, American architect architect Alfred oh. Mosier Butts. Why would you leave out his middle name? To... Well, I think it's I think it's best <laughs> to just have first initial and last name, just A Butts. <laughs> okay, that, yeah, you're right. You're right. He created the game in 1938 um, as a variation on an earlier word game he invented called Lexico, which sounds kind of cool, actually. Um, two games had the same set of letter tiles. Um, <laughs> so how do you think how do you think the distribution for the letters was worked out in Scrabble? Um, how do you know how frequently letters appear? Did I I have to guess that he given that this guy is uh some kind of Architect. you know linguist. Yeah. yeah. I I it has to be some kind of like writing out a certain number of the most used words and the certain number of letters that fit or that are how often those letters are used in that certain number of the most used words. I think he had a dartboard, and he put the alphabet. He just he just taped he just taped a written out alphabet on it, and he threw darts. And how many times he hit the letter is how many times he put it in there. He hit the X like ten times. Ten times. Like, he's like, no. oh, he's got a deal. Yep. Um, 
actually, it was a frequency analysis of letters from various sources, including the New York Times. Boom. Yeah. Which seems to make a lot of sense to me. That's a good idea. Yeah, I was uh, going to say that you just, like, analyze the Bible or something. Can I, like, can I take us so, on a, a small aside yeah. that might shed some light into why he did that? Uh, I clicked on Lexico because, yeah. And uh, in 1931, Butts wrote a paper. Uh, Butts wrote, wrote a paper hmm. called "Study of Games." Sure. So this is a, this is the exciting person that we're talking about. In this paper, he described three categories of games: board, number games using playing cards or dice, and letter games. He noted that although most popular games were the first two, the best letter game readily available was anagrams, and. <clears throat> Around, uh, I guess you just make anagrams. I'm not clicking on that. Around that time, he was reading The Gold Bug by Edgar Allan Poe and noticed a line containing the English letter distribution. I get like the quick brown fox, etc. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. This, this game gave him an epiphany. Anagrams Whoa. would be more fun if the most common letters in English were more common in the game. <gasps> he, he analyzed carefully letter frequencies in newspapers and other printed works to determine the ideal letter distribution for the game. And with a few other changes, he named his project Lexico. So there you and go. Then he, and then he wrote a book for educational games for children and mostly <laughs> boys. Mostly boys. <laughs> um, so uh, he sold a few of these copies um, of this game that he called Criss Crosswords. <laughs> Criss Crosswords will make you want to jump. No. No, no. Once again, um, we mentioned But it, it didn't, really, didn't really take off. So then in 1948, uh, James Bruneau, a resident of Newtown, Connecticut, the same Newtown, uh, and one of the few owners of the original uh, game, bought the rights to make it. He started out on it. Um, they made 2,400 sets in a former schoolhouse in Dodgingtown, uh, but they lost money on it. Right, so, <laughs> so, So history tried not to give us Scrabble. Yes. It tried hard. Good. But people just weren't having any of it, unfortunately. Oh. Um, it, according to the legend, Scrabble's big break came in 1952 when Jack Strauss, president of Macy's, played the game on vacation. Upon returning, he was surprised to find that the store did not carry the game. So he placed a big order. So blame Macy's. Oh my gosh, Jack Strauss. This is all your fault that my, that my family gets in huge fights every year. <laughs> Because no one remembers if this word is in the dictionary. Uh, in 1984, uh, Scrabble was turned into a daytime game show on NBC. What? Ran from July 1984 to March 1990, with a second run from January to June 1993. The show was hosted by Chuck Woolery. Right, of course. The show's tagline promotional broadcast was, Every man dies, not every man truly scrabbles. What? No, it was not. <laughs> Good That's joke. what it says. Good joke, Tim. But what, looking, is, what does it really say? That's looking at this guy. what it says. Oh my gosh. So it's either, it's either truth or someone uh, wrote something truly amazing on Wikipedia. We need to Google that. Uh, actually, Tim, it does actually list right here, not in citation given. It is, it is cited, but it says in another box, right after, right, another parenthetical, right after the first parenthetical, not in citation given. What? Uh, so someone cited it, and then it's not there. Oh, boy. Um, Kyle may hate Scrabble, but I do. America terrible. does not. Don't uh, care. Scrabble was inducted into the National Toy Hall of Fame in 2004. Cool. And that's where I'm going. 
the National Toy Hall of Fame. Oh, my. <laughs> that's actually a really good call. That's a really because, good call. You're going to find yeah. knives. Yeah. yeah. Pocket knives. Totally. There's plenty of games that involve pocket knives, like Mumbledy Peg and... <laughs> and pocket <laughs> knives. I'm, I'm praying for Mumbledy Peg. <laughs> so, uh, just, just for the fun of it, uh, you guys are taking completely different routes for me again, which I love. And uh, I actually got to where we were going today um, just just to let you, just, I guess, give you another moment to get your bearings. I got where I was going by uh, by picking cursive from the first page. Okay. Uh, because they talked about uh, cursive on, on the hashtag on the Octothorpe page. And uh, it is it is quite fun. They have a lot of different types of cursive. I did not realize. And of course... I should have known this is a thing, but um, I did not realize that every, or not every, but many other languages have both like a script form and a cursive form, uh, including Arabic, Bengali, Roman, Greek, uh, German, Russian, Chinese. Like, I did not realize that there are... I, I, mean, but, I mean, of course there is. A Every society eventually figures, you know what? We should be writing a lot faster. And we, we and can do fancier. this more efficiently. Yeah, and yeah. be fancy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's that is the that's the small thing to share from there. But it's hilarious. Speaking of making letters weirdly and fancy, <laughs> um, the accidental in music. Uh, it's it's just you denote it. It's it's basically just the general term for when you denote when. Uh, you're going to mess up a note. <laughs> you're going to make yep. it sharp. You're going to make it flat. Um, the, or natural. The modern, or natural, yeah. The modern accidental signs derive from the round and square small letter B used in Gregorian chat manuscripts to... Did I say wait, Gregorian wait, chat? Gregorian chant <laughs> manuscripts. <laughs> so the uh, Gr- Gregorian chat manuscripts <laughs> are just... Many, many, many lines of oh, 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 oh. <laughs> uh, no, Gregorian chant manuscripts. They're, they're probably small, very they're, relaxing. I don't these know. Small letter B's were used to signify two pitches of B, the only note that could be altered. What? The round B became the flat sign, while the square B diverged into the sharp and natural signs. Wait, are you serious? The only note that could be altered. In the Gregorian chants, apparently. And maybe we'll find something out because I think I'm going to click on Gregorian chat because I am stuck in the nether regions of music. Please continue um, following your Gregorian chats. I don't even yes. care. <laughs> maybe they just have Gregorian all of their chat. talks over coffee and just very, you know, sonorous. Yeah. You're like, how are you doing this? How was your week this week? Guys, okay, Katy so, Perry is singing songs. No one cares. Singing uh, songs. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I clicked on Gregorian chant, and now it is Tim going I, somewhere. I have a feeling we're getting so close. Um, the National Toy Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, is a Where hall is that? Here. It is in Rochester, New York. What? Oh, I had no idea. At the Strong National Museum of Play, uh, now known as just the Strong. Wait, the Strong National Museum? Like... Specifically, somebody's last name. Yeah. Oh, last oh name. okay. Yeah. That's now. I, now I'm disappointed. This play isn't for the weak. <laughs> yeah. So, here's my little game. In uh, 1998, it opened in 1998, the museum. But the first 
uh, inductees were announced in November 1999. All right. There were 17 oh, no. oh, toys no. that were inducted. Starting with uh, Kyle, since he's the host, I want you Ooh. to name these. Uh, and the first one to not name one uh, loses. The Etch-A-Sketch. The Etch-A-Sketch is one. Okay. Uh, the Hula Hoop. Yes. The Slinky. Uh, no. What? Oh. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Can you can you name another one, Sky, for the win? Uh, Simon. No. All right. I guess that puts us back at square one. Um, yes. Go again. Uh, oh my gosh. Uh, Jax. I guess. Uh, no. What? The ones that you're naming. Um, were inducted in later years. Oh. <laughs> uh, Jax, Jax and the Slinky were inducted in 2000. Uh, Simon has not been inducted yet, though. Oh, okay. Simon got robbed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Lego. Yes. Oh, good call. Um, oh, I guess that means I'm out. No? <laughs> go yeah, I went twice. <laughs> Good job, Sky. Uh, Sky wins, but go again, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll try again. Um, let's say uh, G.I. Joe's. Uh, no. What? Nope. Barbie. See, it, it was it was inducted in 2004, G.I. Joe. Wow. Barbie, Barbie is an original inductee. Oh, okay. I'm good at toys. Yep. Okay, so here's, here's the full list. <laughs> um, Barbie. Crayola Crayons. Oh, that's not a toy. Uh, Erector set. Oh, right. sketch, Dang frisbee, it. The Frisbee, uh, Hula Hoop, Lego, Lincoln Logs, mm. uh, Marbles, Monopoly. Oh, wow. That's not a, also not a toy. Yeah, Play-Doh. I almost said Monopoly. <laughs> Play Doh, uh, the Radio Flyer Wagon, uh, Roller Skates, uh, the Teddy Bear, ah! the, tink- yep, the Tinker Toy, uh, the Viewmaster, and the Duncan Yo Yo. Well, wow. I- I'm very glad to see our um, our teddy bear come back. That, that and, and since then, other toys have been um, inducted, uh, such as the Easy Bake Oven in 2006, the Atari <laughs> nice. 2600 in 2007, wow. uh, the Game Boy in 2009, playing cards in 2010. Um, <laughs> the most recent uh, inductees are uh, Little Green Army Men. Wow! Bubbles, just bubbles. Just bubbles. Bubbles are fun. And the Rubik's like bubbles. Cube. That's just science, though. That's not. But, that's not like so. Like. <laughs> hey, you gotta add the blowing. You gotta add the. That's still just science, guys. <laughs> but by far the best inductee ever on this list so far is in the class of 2008. The stick. What? The it, stick. Curators the stick. praise the stick. For its all-purpose, no-cost recreational qualities, noting its ability to serve either as raw material or an appendage transformed in myriad ways by a child's creativity. And poking out eyes. Are you Less kidding me? Oh my gosh! Oh, the stick. This is amazing. Yeah, it's. I'm on the toyhallofame.org, and it's talking about the stick. Yep. How do, how do they praise the stick? The stick may be the world's oldest toy. Animals oh. play with sticks, and we use them to play fetch with our dogs. Wow. Children find sticks an endless source of make-believe fun. Tim, how did you miss the one in the class of uh, 2005? Aside from Candyland and Jack in the Box, uh, they also have Cardboard Box. <laughs> <The> cardboard Box. <laughs> I, uh, yes. 
Sticks are all around us. They are natural and free. <laughs> sticks are all around <laughs> They are natural and free. Wow. I, I, yeah, I suppose you can't be like, you know, don't stop breaking those sticks. They don't grow on trees. I mean, that really doesn't work in this particular yeah. case. Sticks are not only the, possibly the oldest toys, they're possibly the best. They wow. Absolutely, they absolutely have fun with this. And it I doesn't talk them. about how it's just all about hitting other people with them. And that's why kids play with sticks, but yeah, whatever. Totally. Yeah, poking dead things right. and other people. So I'm going to go with um, yeah, Army you've Men. Yeah, you've got a... Oh, jeez. Yeah, Army Men's a good one. So okay. hopefully, it's actually just the toy. I oh, am... So that's no good. I I'm am, getting close, but I feel like I'm getting close too. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> All right, let's have our Gregorian chat. Uh, what's the what's the yeah. next one here? Yeah, it's a central tradition of Western plain chant, a form of monophonic, unaccompanied, sacred song of the Western Roman Catholic Church. Wow. Basically, it's just like any movie you've seen where they enter an old church and they, they have the song playing in the background. It's probably a Gregorian chant. Yeah, good chance. Okay, Gregorian chants are, are initially organized initially into four, then eight, then finally 12 modes. Yeah, they're really complicated. I remember going over this in music class. This is ridiculous. They they make tetrachords, so that that one I get. Uh, there you they go. just sing in four note blocks. So yes, sure. So in popular culture, it's become conventional wisdom that listening to Gregorian chants uh, increase the production of alpha waves in the brain, reinforcing the popular reputation of Gregorian chants as tranquilizing music. Gregorian chant has also been used in uh, Vision of Esclafone and Death Note, so it's used in a bunch of anime series. It's well, in it Hunchback makes, of Notre it Dame. It's cool, guys. Yeah. Hunchback of Notre Dame. <laughs> sure. Yes, here's my question. Has it ever been sampled in rap? Oh, I guarantee it has. <laughs> uh, the theme <clears throat> of the Temple of Time in The Legend of Zelda. Yes. Oh, yeah. And the Halo series. And, uh, oh, yes. Gregorian chant rap. Oh! There's a whole channel about it. Gregorian hip-hop style R&B. Let's click on Gregorian this Gregorian gangsta ponage. Yeah. Turn, turn this way down. <laughs> Your argument is totally crazy and quite intellectually lazy. Frequently religious dissident. Oh my gosh. No, no, really bad no, 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 no. I hate being contrary. What is this you doing? Your are totally scary. This is just. They're just. My entry for event three of of the Ponage Olympics. It is poning this video. Okay, so poning. Getting uh, back on track. <laughs> um. Really, we so yeah. never are on track ever. So. So I'm gonna look for swords or something. Swords or something. Roman right. Romans probably have swords. That? Charlemagne. Charlemagne. Oh, hey, yeah, there you go. Charlemagne, Charlemagne was, had a pocket knife. He had a pocket knife. <laughs> All right, I'm clicking on Charlemagne. That actually will probably get you there, yes. Charlemagne the Great. So I'm on Army Men, Ooh. which basically the page tells you, hey, they're little dudes that you can have <laughs> in their toys. Um, first American plastic toy soldiers were made by Bergen Toy and Novelty Company in 1938. Um, following World War II... Uh, the manufactured plastics was seen as an industry with growth potential, uh, so people got into more army men. 
<laughs> um, yeah, it's it's kind of a surprisingly dull history. Um, wow. So is, it does seem very American, though. Just like, hey, we have all of this stuff. What can we do to make things out of the stuff that we can sell? Oh, look. Like, like they're they're pretty they're pretty reaching in this article. Like because these toys do not cost much, they are virtually disposable. They encourage a variety of creative types of play because they can be set up in so many different ways. They are especially well suited for the sandbox or simple war games with rubber balls or marbles, which can be rolled <laughs> or thrown at army men. <laughs> oh, that's really trying. Yeah, yeah. you can simple throw things at these guys. Yeah, this is kind of yeah. cool, though. An unusual use for army men was attaching poems to them and scattering them around in a guerrilla poetry scheme. What? what? Wait, wait, what? That sounds amazing. I want to know about this, yeah. They come with a variety of different weapons. Uh, One of them are uh, bayonets. Pocket knives, oh. Some kind of bayonets. Oh, man. They're like really large pocket knives. I do really like, though, in this whole list, I I actually, when I clicked on the page, I was reading the list, I was just going through, these include rifles, machine guns, submachine guns, sniper rifles, pistols, grenades, flamethrowers, and bazookas, not knives. And marbles. And marbles, <laughs> and like every every single thing you could think of except knives, like not even a Bowie knife, which really surprises me. But bayonets, yes. Uh, man, I really like this uh, gorilla poetry idea. This is a, such a cool idea. <laughs> okay, sorry, I'm gonna not. So you're going with uh, bayonets. Bayonet. Good call. All right. Good deal. Sky. Charlemagne. Char- Charlemagne. He's called the father of Europe. With pocket knives. Father pocket knives. Father father pocket knives. Uh, Charlemagne united most of the Western Europe for the first time since the Roman Empire. His rule spurred the Carolingian Renaissance, a period of cultural and intellectual activity within the Catholic Church. Both the French and German monarchies considered their kingdoms to be descendants of Charlemagne's empire. So it was a big deal. He died in in, in in 814. Uh, he had just ru- he had ruled as emperor for just over thirteen years. Uh, yeah, and he was laid to rest in his capital, which is in today's Germany. Basically, you can't go wrong by claiming your heritage back to Charlemagne. He's he's, you know, yeah, very well liked. He's uh, the father of Europe. He's yeah. a big deal. He's a, yeah. he's the father of pocket knives. I mean, come on, father, Yeah, he's not though. He's really not. No pocket knives. Um, let's can't see. Can't take this but, away from you, Sky. This is this is uh, Wikipedia. It is what I want it to be. Let me find sword. Sword. Whoa. Uh, he had a legendary sword. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you not know this? I have a Pokemon named, named after no. a sword. What's it's what is it? Joy. How do you say that? Joyeuse. 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 Uh, Joyeuse Noel. Joyeuse. <laughs> yeah. It means it means joy essentially. Oh man. Uh, well. Yeah. It is a it is a very legendary. Not very legendary. It's a legendary sword. Uh, yeah, I have a Pokemon named after it because it's pretty sweet. <laughs> That's really sweet. Um, <laughs> uh, that's there's swords. There's swords in other places, but it's not linked. So I guess I'm gonna click on Joy Use. Yes, super cool. Super Joy Use. Cool. Joy Use. Joy Use. No, you're not. Joy, it was a joy to use you. You're not. You're not doing this right. <laughs> I refuse to speak French. Ah, oh, you're um, awful. All, all right, right, cool. Tim, bayonets. So, so yeah, bayonets. Also are, French. Yep. 
are, are knives that you stick onto guns. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's really they, what they are. Yeah, and they, they talk about a little, them a lot. Um, there was used to be a reach controversy. Prior to World War I, bayonet doctrine was largely centered around the concept of reach. That is a soldier's theoretical ability by use of an extremely long rifle and fixed bayonet to stab an enemy soldier without having to approach him. <laughs> well. And get in range of his own blade. So yeah, mm-hmm. so just the basic uh, tenet that if you have a long stick, you can poke better. Yeah. yeah. Um, Goes without saying. Yeah. Yep. So in 1886, the French army introduced a 52-centimeter or 20-inch long quadrangular épée spike for the bayonet of their 1886 rifle, uh, resulting in a rifle and bayonet with an overall length of six feet. German ordnance authorities responded by introducing a longsword bayonet for their model 1898 Mauser rifle, which had a 29-inch barrel. The new bayonet had a... 15, 50 centimeter or 19.7 inch blade with an overall length of 5 feet 9 inches. Oh my gosh. So, so that, people they, just get in longer and longer. I was going to yeah. say they just, they just stuck a sword on the end of that thing. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. That'd wow. be pretty heavy. Yeah, I, I mean I imagine at, at some point it just becomes a spear, right? Yeah, and eventually they're kind of like, oh, okay, this is getting dumb and then people <laughs> That's basically the story. <laughs> like, look, guys. <laughs> um, soldiers uh, began employing the bayonet as a knife uh, since they shortened it so much. Hey. Um, as well as an attachment for uh, the rifle and bayonets were often shortened officially or unofficially to make them more versatile and easier to use as tools or to maneuver yeah. in close quarters. Yeah. During World War II, bayonets were further shortened into knife-sized weapons in order to give them additional utility as fighting or utility knives. Oh, oh. So modern bayonets are mostly a, a knife that well, you can yeah. use as a knife and not some creepy, huge sword spear at the end of your gun. Well, I mean, that's how they originally opened uh, the – remember the first the first uh, tin cans? Uh, the the French, French guys had to use their bayonets essentially to open those things because they didn't have oh, yeah. tin can openers. Stab them from a distance. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Tim. Yes. You know what? I was going to correct you, but no, that's better. I like that better. Yep. Here, Jerry, hold this can. <laughs> yep. Let me take a few no, steps back. Not again. <laughs> um, so, as you might expect, the, the word knife uh, is linked. So I'm going to knife. Oh, man. Knife. That's nice. Knife. That's very knife. I think you got me. Joyeuse. Joyeuse. Uh, yeah, it's Charlemagne's personal sword. Super cool. The name translates as joyous. Yes. Uh, some legends uh, claim that it was forged to contain the lance of Long- Longinus, which Longinus, is yes, yeah, which is the lance that pierced the side of Christ mm-hmm. uh, during the crucifixion. I guess they started using it for coronation uh, for French kings in 1270. At least the sword that they claimed to to be for right. use. So, yeah, of course. Yeah. And it was last used in 1824 with Charles X, which, yeah, that makes sense. Um, it was kept in the St. Denis Basilica, uh, and then it was moved to the Lavre in 1793. It's, it's, pretty, it's still pretty sweet. I, I mean, yeah. even if it is not the sword. <laughs> oh, yeah, and then it, says, it goes on to say that uh, at its core, it consists of a medieval blade of Oak Scott Type 12, which I don't know. 
I'm not sure. Mostly date, yeah, mostly dated to about the 10th century. And then there's this guy, Martin Conway, argues that it might date to the early 9th century, opening the possibility that it was indeed the sword of Charlemagne. Well, Guy Lacking dated it to the early 13th century. <laughs> and some some think that it was probably replaced with a modern re- replica in 1804 when the sword was prepared for the coronation of Napoleon. Because, of course, Napoleon would be like, yeah, I want it to look super cool. Let's not, you know. I don't want this old thing. Yeah. It has Jesus blood on it. <laughs> uh, so the sharpest thing in here is sword. So I'm going to click on sword. I feel like I'm a step behind. Uh, personal sword. But I'm at sword. Yeah, it is, it is yep. very cool. Uh, I, I do like this uh, bit in here, though. The 11th century Song of Roland describes a sword. Charlemagne was wearing his fine white coat of mail and his helmet with gold-studded stones. By his side hung Joyeuse, and never was there a sword to match it. Its color changed 30 times a day. Whoa. That is a that is a very make up your mind. No, 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 that that sword was tricked out. It was uh, it was not going to be held back. Tim, which one did you follow again? Knife, knife. Guys, there are so many knives. I I can't. Which knife did you follow? I can't find. <laughs> Go on. There are so many knives, and people love talking about knives. <laughs> There's so many parts to a knife. Um. <laughs> that we can't really go into too much because it would be really long. Right. Uh, but just just talking about handles. Handles and knives can be made from a number of different materials, each of which has advantages and disadvantages. Um, they may be uh, adapted to accommodate the needs of people with disabilities. For example, knife handles may be made thicker or with more cushioning for people with arthritis in their hands. Wow. A non-slip handle accommodates people with palmar hyperhidrosis. Wow. Which is overly sweaty palms. Yeah. What? Wow. Um, so yeah. different types of knife. I never n- realized this. Do you know what a ballistic knife is? A knife that explodes? I really hope it's a knife that explodes. You're close. What? I- I've heard this name before, but I never really realized what it actually means. A ballistic knife is a specialized combat knife with a detachable gas or spring-loaded or no. spring-propelled blade yeah. that can be fired to a distance of several feet or meters by pressing a trigger or switch on the handle. No, that's not a real it thing. Is, See, if you guys played Call of Duty, you'd know this that. This is not a real thing. Are those in the game? Like, it's a real you can, thing. You can, you can yeah. fire your knife at someone? Yeah, I think it's Advanced Warfare 2, maybe 3. That's that's pretty sweet. And then you got your shiv. How are there so knife, many... And your cleaver. How, many, how are there so many parts to the modern knife? There are 11 points on this list. I, I'm telling you, dude, people love knives. Including a thing called a ricasso. What what is that? The flat section of the blade located at the junction of the blade and the knife's bolster. Oh, good. Now I need to know what the bolster is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, this is a rabbit hole, dude. Just <laughs> what? Somewhere on here, pocket knife has to be. Yes, I mean, there's just, uh, among there's no... this very pointy area. Uh, uh, in all of these points, there is the pocket knife. Ah, <laughs> uh, is it linked? Yes, it is. Unfortunately. Dun dun Dang dun. It. There's a uh, types of knives. What? There's just well, hang on. One, two, three. Oh, okay, three page downs of just types of knives. Yep, I told you. Just, it's just a oh list. Oh my god! And there are there are even like more types of just pocket knives. Yeah, that's actually why I decided to come to this page. I wanted to do a, a quick back and forth on these ridiculous pocket knives because they're amazing. Yes. 
Cool. Well, well done, Tim. Uh, we'll we'll get back to pocket knives in a second. Sky, uh, can you get there? I don't. <laughs> there's no there's no knives on the sword page. That's <laughs> it doesn't even say a a sword is a really big knife. <laughs> There's a blade. There's blade. Oh. That's the closest thing I'm going to get. Or, so I'm going to click on blade. Or knife is a very small sword, I suppose, if you really want to be. Knife is a very small sword. <laughs> yeah. uh, dang it. Yeah, I'm sorry, Sky. It looks... You got this, Tim. Oh, oh, but knife is on this page. <laughs> it's not linked, no, of course. No, it's not. <laughs> okay. Uh. So, uh, so you got your, uh, your pocket knife, but it's not just any regular pocket knife. Got your Barlow knife, which is a knife that has a very long bolster, uh, which is an elongated oval handle, which I've seen these knives and didn't know they had a name. It's called a Barlow. Then there's the Camper, which or the Scout, which is the one we're familiar with as the Swiss Army knife. Mm-hmm. Then there's the Canoe, which is shaped like a canoe and has two blades that fold in toward each other. Then there's the Congress which yeah. is a knife that has a convex front. Uh, it's shaped like your hand uh, and the, carries a couple blades. The well, one you know, I'm the, sad that doesn't have a photo with it. I know. The elephant's toenail. The elephant's toenail. It is related to the sunfish, which is one of my favorite on here. It's the fattest knife. The fattest it's, of the knives. Yeah, it's just, it, it's a very rectangular knife. Uh, and oh, it's wow. Large, yeah, see? <laughs> Uh, and the blades are short, but you can, but they fold out on both sides. So it's a sunfish knife, which is adorable. That is adorable. Is that Isn't good for it? gutting sunfish, maybe? No, no, it looks like a sunfish. Yeah, it oh. just looks like a sunfish. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, it would be weird to have a knife that was just for gutting sunfish, but sure. Yeah. And the, the uh, elephant's toenail knife, I'm looking it up on Google Images. Oh, good. Um, it's... Yeah, it's a lot like the sunfish, but I think maybe even a little bit thicker. Crazy. Oh, okay. Uh, but here's a here's the pen knife here. Um, it was originally, uh, and I always thought that this was just called a pen knife because it was about the size of a pen. Um, like it, it, you know, they're small and thin. But it was a, originally made to sharpen quill pens, which is why we call it the pen knife, even though it no longer does that. Well, I mean, it can do that, but no one has quill pens anymore. No. Um, but yeah, that's crazy. Anyway, yes. Yeah, so there, there you go. Well done, Tim. Good job. You win a lot of knives. Uh, I want knives. I thought I was winning. I thought I was winning satisfaction. You are. You are the sharpest one tonight. No, I'm um, the sharpest knife in the drawer tonight. Yes, the sharpest ballistic knife. <laughs> To get sure. fired out of a handle. This sounds like a terrible idea. Somebody's I mean, good. Why would you? Why would you do that? Because it's so surprising. I think. Well, think, yeah. Imagine if somebody's holding a knife at you. You're like, all right, I'm like five feet away. Whoa! Whoop. <laughs> blade, in, blade in my stomach. <laughs> but why would you just sit there with an explosive in your hand? I mean, just be like, yeah, okay, this is cool. <laughs> Well, I'm going it's, to stab it's a gas or spring loaded. Yeah, it's spring like, loaded. It's oh, not like there's there. not like gunpowder <laughs> in your hand. I stand corrected. <laughs> well, that is also a dumb idea, but that is a slightly less dumb idea. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Wow. Oh, sorry, guys. <laughs> so that was that was a fun trip uh, through some very, <laughs> some very, very, very pointy uh, things. Yes. So uh, thank you guys for coming along with me. And uh, 
If you want to listen to more of our podcasts, you can find us at WSKBcast at blogspot.com. You can find us our you can find our Twitter feed at WSKBcast and on Facebook just by searching WSKBcast. You can notice a theme here. Just check yeah. out any of those things. Actually, I think on Facebook you have to put it we should know better. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just search. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So then just search. We should know better on Facebook as well. Yeah. You can find it at facebook.com slash WSKBcast. But oh, that's what it, in, it was. If you search it, you can't find it. Yeah. Right. Right. Of course. Because there's that so, show that's the show that they don't do anymore called We Should Know Better because it wasn't oh, as good as our podcast. So it's it didn't last. Well, I, well of course. Enough. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly. Yes. Yep. They just uh, didn't have the drive for it. Uh, uh yeah, well, I mean, clearly we are just better, though, uh, because we we do actually try to find out whether... Well, no, actually, that's not true. We don't try to find out whether we're right or wrong. Or, no, actually, they, we don't. We just kind of glaze over it and expect yeah, that's, our listeners that's to fix what Speaking we Speaking of which, have we heard from anyone this week as, uh, correcting any of the things that we've gotten wrong? No, either we have been completely factual or nobody is listening to us. Or people like just realize that we're just going to be wrong a lot, and they're like, give up. <laughs> Whatever. It's okay. Just let it ride. <laughs> I feel like it's one of the other two things, not the first one. Yeah. Uh, the other place you can find us is in iTunes, and uh, oh. you can actually just search We Should Know Better in iTunes that we show up, and you should give us a rating or a review, and that would help us very, very much. It would help other people like you find this podcast to enjoy. And or ignore, <laughs> because we get things wrong all the time. But yeah, but the, but the first one, please, please review us because that's super cool. It would be very neat of you. All right, guys. Uh, this this was an interesting trip. Uh, thanks thanks for coming along with me. <laughs> yeah, thanks for planning it. Yay! Yay! Now we can go back to now we can go go back to ignoring other things. Is it over yet? Mm-hmm. This has got to be over, this, right? No, it's been like an it, hour. It's not over yet. Is no. it safe to go back on Twitter yet? No. Oh man. No, nope, still like one quarter to go. Are you kidding? Ooh. I'm not going to be able to use Twitter until tomorrow. Have a good have a good night surviving the thing. <laughs> yeah, you guys do. See you later. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. We'll start at one page. Hello? Yeah, that was me. I'm, I have a stack of uh, DVDs that I'm selling. Oh, <laughs> and I'm just going to throw them at the door whenever Steve scratches at it and then it stops him because wow. that's because that's a great masking for the sound of his scratching that we are not hearing. Yep. It's just basically, to stop. basically I can I'm cut already. that out. Like, that's the thing. That's what I'm telling you, dudes. <laughs> if I'm not talking, I can just cut that out. And it's like it never happened. Oh, right. I, so we should right. just it's ignore nice. it. Okay. Yeah, just ignore it. <laughs> Be professionals. Like a psychopath. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> yep.